Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. And you are a hard act to follow. Man, oh man. But folks, welcome and thanks for stopping by. We'll be taking a good gardening stroll. Shortly, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Greg's producing today, so it's always good to have him here. He's so smooth and very professional. So when you call, just give him your name and where you're calling from. Every Saturday morning, we get together to discuss your yard, landscape, garden, how your house plant's doing, get them ready to start coming inside. Well, you don't have to do it yet, but uh, start looking for diseases and insects on them. And uh, how about pruning? How about bugs, diseases on your plants outside? Remember, my words open opportunities. After that, it's going to take effort on your part during this great marathon called gardening. It's never a sprint. Sprints just don't work in the outdoors. And as I said before, this is your show, and I certainly appreciate your being here. Thanks, to, as I said before, to Greg. He's producing today. If he wasn't here, I wouldn't be on air because I don't know how to do nothing. All I know how to do is additives. Anyway, I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994, and I've written five gardening books. Two are currently available in various locations. Also, I write articles for Missouri Gardener Magazine. And during the week, I do landscape consulting, where I come to your home and do a walk and talk. So if you'd like to have me come to your home and do an evaluation or problem solving or aesthetics or whatever it happens to be, you can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. The homepage is my email address and phone number. That's where I can be reached. And the Good Gardening Stroll page on my website is actually the update for one particular month. August is already there. Today's Good Gardening Stroll is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Well, I always, I never decide while I'm sitting there having breakfast or anything, I start thinking, where should I take my Good Gardening Stroll? And I thought, ah, now. So I'll go, i go down to King's Highway. I'll go north on King's Highway. Then I'll go east on Shaw, and then I stopped at Shaw and Lawrence, and that's where St. Margaret of Scotland School Urban Education Alliance is, and it's a, it's a community garden type thing, but what it does is it brings together four different elementary schools in this great corner garden. The, the thing that you're going to notice first as you pull up or you know, slow down for the stop sign at, at Lawrence Street and Shaw is they have this wonderful arbor there that looks like the globe. And you can just see, you can see the, you know, they have it turned around where we can see North and South America. But on the other side, there's Asia and all the other rest of the world. But uh, that's metallic, and it's just it's a neat thing to see. They also have another wooden arbor, but that's where the picnic tables sit underneath. There's a garden shed, too, and a composting area. And there's an old wash tub. I have an old wash tub filled with uh, sweet potato vines myself 
This one I couldn't, can't get into the garden because it's locked, but I couldn't get in to see if something was actually growing out of the old wash tub there. But they also have these wonderfully painted rain barrels. So in other words, the downspouts off the garden shed pump the water as it comes off the roof or it sends the water down into these rain barrels. So that was kind of cool. I couldn't tell exactly what they were painted like, but they kind of look like amoeba with different color faces and all kinds of great stuff. So it was uh, really neat. There is red hardy hibiscus between the wrought iron fence and the south sidewalk. And along there also black-eyed Susans were mixed in for some nice color and texture. There is a fantastic colony of potted milkweed. So in other words, milkweed's already flowered. There's iris and columbine as well, which is taking a back seat this time of year. They've already had their heyday earlier in the spring. A painted sign declares S-M-O-S, Dragon Grove. What's S-M-O-S? I think it's probably St. Mary of Scotland's Dragon's Grove. Why it's called Dragon's Grove, I do not know. On the west side, there's white hibiscus. There's more milkweed, more black-eyed Susans. The entrance gate is right there as well. There's some really cool-looking dark purple morning glories. They don't have them growing up on the fence or anything. They have them kind of sprawling all over the ground. But, I mean, that color is just absolutely striking. So as you look inside, though, you can see everything from eggplants to asparagus. There's a sign, actually a stake, that says patience. And speaking of patience, (laughs) a quick story. I grow moonflower vines. I have been for a couple years. Tracy always gets so impatient. You know, when did the flower went? So they're just now starting to flower, but we have some in front of the house and some in the back of the house. One's in front of the house. She likes to look at you know, out the window in the front, but uh, no flowers on those yet. So, Tracy, you can be patient, just like this sign says. But anyway, also there's some grapevines, there's herbs, there's tomatoes, and it was, it's just kind of a neat little garden space. And they have an apple tree there that has so many apples on it, the fruit is actually causing the branches to bend over. That's something you, if you have fruit trees, you don't want that to happen because you could have some of the branches crack. The Crickets Chorus is singing their song, and you can hear Highway 40. It's only a block away to the north, not 40, 44. And uh, it was a great morning, so cool, bright, and sunny. Slight breeze was making, there was this kind of banner there where, like, a lot of different students had made some, you know, like, probably like six or eight-inch square artwork things that they put on the banners, and they were very entertaining as well. So, <sighs> It was just a great day to be at St. Mary's of Scotland's. <laughs> oh, no, St. Margaret, not Mary's. Did I say yeah, St. Margaret of Scotland's school? Urban Education Alliance. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, folks, to the phones we go. But first, if anyone else has any questions or comments, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We're going to start off in Chesterfield. That's where John lives. John, how are you? Pretty good. How are you doing this morning? Very good. Hey, I got a question and an answer for you. Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) <laughs> hey, I, I'm I'm obsessed about lawns. My house here in Chesterfield, I got the lawn under control mostly. Mm-hmm. I also have a house at Lake of the Ozarks, and I called you about five years ago and told you 
that the uh, pH was 8.0 and you told me what to do and you aimed me in the right direction, I ended up with ammonium sulfate. It got the grass to grow fine. Last year and this spring, I had a health issue. I got behind on the lawn. Now it's got all kinds of broadleaf broad weeds mm-hmm. and some crabgrass. So I want to get ready to rehab the lawn this fall. What should I do? Uh, basically, the crabgrass is an annual grass, so just wait to control that. You know, keep keep it mowed so it doesn't produce any more seeds than what it has already produced. And then next year in uh, April or whenever May, you know, or you know March or whenever the forsythia is in bloom, that's when you want to pre- put a pre-emergent down for the crabgrass circumstance. As far as the broadleaf weeds, go out there and get them now. Get a you know weed be gone type herbicide and get them uh-huh. under control as you know as soon as you possibly can. Can I seed it this fall, like September? Yeah. So, I mean, the okay. broadleaf weed killer, I mean, you don't want to put the seed down right after you put the broad, any kind of herbicide down, whether it's a broadleaf weed killer or a grass killer or anything else. But if you give it a couple, couple weeks after, then you're going to start to see the broadleaf weeds die. Then, consequently, you can go ahead and seed. Okay. And I have a fun answer for you about how to get rid of moles. Ah. It involves a lawn chair, a shovel, and a six-pack of Bud Light. <laughs> Are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot of patience. <laughs> okay, so you wait till it, the, 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 the ground is soft. You stomp down all of the runs. Mm-hmm. You sit in your lawn chair, you get your Bud Light, and have your, your shovel in your hand. And you just sit there and watch. When you see the ground start sh- coming up from right. the moles, you sneak up behind them and Hit them with a shovel. <laughs> That's cruel. <laughs> <laughs> it works. I got rid of all three I'm of my sure. front yard this year. <laughs> well, great. Thanks, John. Now let's, okay. go, let's go from John in Chesterfield to Fred in Maryland Heights. Hey, Fred, how are you? Good morning. Uh, appreciate your show. Uh, I've got a uh, circumstance in the yard where I'm doing some planting, and about a um, couple of inches under the top of the soil, it's nothing but a soupy gray, grayish color uh, clay. And um, I'm wanting to plant some things there. Uh, and I'm wondering about uh, amenities that I can add to the soil to maybe break it up. Basically. I talked to a garden center. They said something about turfus and maybe some kind of a compost blend to put in there? Right. Compost blend. The turf is, I don't know if that's necessary or not. You can certainly add that. But, you know, I would, you're going to have to be patient because you're going to have to get this soil prepared. I don't know what kind of plants you're planting. It doesn't really matter. But what you need to do is sort of mark off the area, the bed space, that you know, where you're going to designate for the new planting. And then kill anything that's growing there now that you don't want. So whether it's grass, whether it's weeds, it doesn't really matter. Whether it's trees, shrubs, you know, get rid of all that stuff. And then just prepare with putting a couple inches of compost in. Compost blends, you know, doesn't really matter. And you've got to rototill it in. And you've got to keep doing this. You've got to do it probably every month for a couple months until you can get a good blend of soil. What you're doing at the same time is also you're raising the level of the bed space. You don't have to put an edger on it or anything else. But St. Louis Composting has an SLC, you know, raised bed mix. So you could actually okay. use that. 
And then okay. consequently, what you're doing by raising the bed is you're making it so the crown of the plants that ultimately you're going to put in there are going to be a higher than the surrounding ground, consequently higher than that gray clay that you're experiencing. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I appreciate it, and thanks again for your show. Sure. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah. Growing up in Ellisville, we had streaks of different colors clay in, uh, you know, in the soil, and there were certain areas where <laughs> we weren't quite as smart as I am today. Ha, ha. But anyway, so there was areas we just knew stuff wasn't going to grow except weeds. That's why I always say my father said anything green is lawn. So that was his philosophy. O'Fallon, Missouri, that's Tom's yard. Hi, Tom. Hey, Mike, thank you for your show. Hey, a couple quick questions about my zoysia. It's growing great. I love it. Uh, just some care questions. Uh, how do you feel about uh, when you mow mulching it? Uh, mulching at the I have a mulching mower. Well, that's what I mean. How do you feel about using a mulching mower? I, I've been doing it for several years on my zoysia. Okay. Okay. Um, now, wait one of- second before, you know. What I do, though, is I look back after I've cut it, and if I still see there's some, you know, let's say pieces of grass blades laying on top, then I might have to double cut some of the areas. Because, no, there's nothing there. I've, okay. got a good, I've got a good mower where there's nothing you see. Okay, great. It's just like dust. Um, and I, I um, power rake like every other year. Is that good enough? And I, I usually do it in the fall because it's too hard to get a power rake in the spring. Well, so fall, that- yeah, fall's not the ideal time because if we have a cold snap really quick, when you power rake, you're exposing the crowns of your zoysia plant, and if it gets cold really quick, you might do some damage to the crowns of your zoysia. Historically, so, if, you've, if you've been happy with doing it that way, keep doing it, but it's not the best way to go about doing it. Time. So, obviously, this spring's the best time. Uh, exactly, yes. As soon as it so, starts greening up. Oh, as soon as it starts, then power rake. Right. Okay, and then what about aerating? Uh, same sort of thing. You don't want to do it in the fall going into wintertime, but early in the spring, you know, maybe alternate years with a core aeration and dethatching or power raking, whatever you want to call it. And uh, should, then should when I you... Do them both, do them both the same year? I would not I, do that. You're going to tear up too much stuff, and it could take okay. a, a while before your zoysia can recover. Okay, so... So thanks, Tom. And let's see if we can get Lisa in from Augusta. Can you do it a little quickly? Hi, Lisa. Hi. We have three magnolias, and they have a white, like, sticky scale on them. And I'm wondering, how do we treat this? We can go to your favorite garden center right now and get something called a horticultural summer weight dormant oil. So it's not really a dormant oil, but it's a summer weight horticultural oil, and spray it right on the scale. Then next year, before any, are these, well, first of all, are these evergreen or deciduous? Deciduous. Okay, so the next spring, sometime uh, around Valentine's Day, go to your favorite garden center and get a true dormant oil and spray every place, you know, spray even if you don't think there's any, you know, as, as well as you can spray everything because the dormant oil, what it does is suffocate the scale. Regular insecticides do not do anything to scale whatsoever because of that coating, that covering that they have. So right now, if you want to do something, get a summer weight horticultural oil, spray it, and then what you want to do then around Valentine's Day is get a true dormant oil and spray at that time. 
Okay, thank you very much. Yep, and also I will tell you, too, the scale will not fall off, but you can just assume that it's going to be dead. And if you want to rub it off a little bit, you know, that's fine. You don't necessarily need to do that, but uh, just keep track of it. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with your host, Mike Miller, on KMOX. Yes, folks, if you have any questions, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Greg will answer the phone. Just give him your name and where you're calling from and also wish him a happy birthday. He's 28 years old today. Whoa, 28. Let's see. I'm old enough to be his grandfather. <laughs> Gail lives in O'Fallon, Illinois. Hi, Gail. Hi. Go ahead. Yeah, I have a, like a six-foot-tall cactus, and mm-hmm. I was wondering if I could cut some of the arms off. It's got arms all over it. <laughs> Poor <laughs> it's cactus. Getting, it's getting out of control. Yeah, you certainly can. I just make a nice clean cut to wherever it's intersection, you know, to the next biggest trunk, branch, or whatever it happens to be. And if you want to, then just let that, you know, lay for a couple weeks till the thing, the arm that you cut off heals on the end entirely. And then you can either give it away, you can plant it in a new pot with, ca- you know, cactus potting mix or whatever you want to do, or just throw it away, whatever you like. Okay. And uh, I can do that anytime. I don't have to wait till fall to prune it. Well, you should probably wait till the solar eclipse. No, you can do it anytime you want to. <laughs> and the rose bush outside, when do I cut that back? Well, it's you're not cutting it back, you know, entirely, I hope, because we no. still got another flush or two of blooms coming. Right, right. So, so basically, as we go into wintertime, you cut it back at that time. So once the frost is more or less killed the foliage, then you can cut it back. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, and with your roses also, make sure you keep feeding them because they certainly want that rose food to stay healthy, wealthy, and beautiful. Let's go. Let's stay in Illinois, go to Jerseyville, and that's where Rick lives. Hi, Rick. Yeah, Mr. Miller. We're over here on the east side. I'm looking for fall vegetable plants, and I can't find any. Cabbage, broccoli, uh, usual suspects are out. You know any place has got them? Did you try Effinger's down in Belleville? No, that's a long ways from me. I love Jerseyville. Yeah, I know. So no place, none of the garden centers up in Alton have any? No. Wow. How about the big box stores? I've been to them, Lowe's and them, nothing. So is maybe it's a little, they're thinking it's a little bit too early, which it's not? That's, no, it's not. I mean, this is a time when you want to get them in. Yeah. If I'd have known this, I'd have planted seeds, but <laughs> I'm headed to Soulard Market right now to see if they got any down there, maybe. Well, that's, you know, that's a good choice. And then on your way back, if they don't have any, you know, you could just swing down to Jefferson Barracks Bridge and then go over to Belleville and go to Effinger's Garden Center. How, how do you spell that so I can look that up? E-F-F-I-N-G-E-R. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Good luck with that. Wow, that's you know kind of hard to believe that no cool season vegetables. Let's go now from uh, Jerseyville, Illinois, to Ferguson and into Gail's yard. Hi, Gail. Hi, Mike. Um, I have a fig plant that I've had for a number of years. It's about three feet tall, you know, from the pot. In the spring, I noticed this little tiny white, I don't know what it is, um, at the base of the leaf where it connects to the stem. And the leaves were falling off it. So I repotted it, and I put then a systemic um, 
to see, you know, well, maybe I could kill something from the inside out. Sure. Then I was uh, gone. I have it in an east-facing window. And then when I was gone, I was trying to keep the heat out, so I closed the drape. <laughs> and, and my poor plant is really hurting, and I don't know what to do, you know, for it. What is this little white thing? It could be a scale. Did it, does it move? Did you look at it real closely, like with a magnifying glass or something? Well, not with a magnifying glass, but when I, I can pick it off, you okay. know, with, with my thumbnail, and it doesn't seem to move or anything, so, you know, I stuck it on some sticky paper. <laughs> you know, but, you know, and it's not on every leaf, but the leaves are still right. falling off it. My guess is it's scale, S-C-A-L-E. And uh, we had actually had a caller earlier about scale that she had on one of her plants. Now, this is a house plant. They can get the scale, too. Once they get it, you know, you're going to have to go to your favorite garden center and get a summer weight horticultural oil and spray it on your ficus tree. You know, I'm assuming that's the kind of plant we're talking about. We're not talking about a fig that actually makes figs that can grow outside. Okay. So that's what you need to do is just take this summer weight oil, comes in a trigger sprayer, and just cover any of those little scale that you see. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, unfortunate because we're not paying that much or close enough attention. Then they have babies, and the babies just move away from where the parents were. And I've seen some scale. And check the underside of your leaves as well. Don't yeah, just, that's where I'm seeing it, yeah. actually, is on the underside. Yeah, there's insects, even though they don't really have brains per se, they're smart. They know how to sort of like hide away from you know people getting them. So this is, I'm sure this is from your description as scale. And just go to, you know, whatever garden center you go to and tell them you need a summer weight horticultural oil. Okay. All right. I'll do it. Thanks. All right. Good luck with that. And now let's go to Jim. And Jim is in St. Peter's. Hi, Jim. Hi, Mike. Hey. Uh, thanks. thanks for taking the call. Sure. Uh, two questions. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, one is I have three hydrangeas in super big pots. They've been thriving in the shade, watering them regularly. I'm wondering what's your recommendation for this fall? Do I take them into the garage? Do I mulch them? Um, How big are the pots? They are super big. <laughs> um, so they're okay, the size of a dumpster? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's more than a half of a barrel. Okay, that's fine. How deep are they? How deep are they? Yeah. Uh, uh, probably 30 inches. Then you could probably just leave them where they are. Okay. Uh, cut them back or anything like that just to prevent the, the cold damage? No. I would say let whatever happens, happens, because even if you cut them back, the, you know, the sticks, twigs, whatever branches that you leave could be damaged by the cold. So just leave, okay. you know, leave it alone. Don't do anything. Then when spring comes around and new growth starts, then cut off anything that doesn't have any new buds, new foliage, or anything along that line. Okay. Second and question. J- just make sure, even during the wintertime, if we have dry spells during the wintertime, take a bucket of water out there and water them all. I mean, you don't okay. want that soil to get too, you know, totally dehydrated. Okay. Gotcha. Second question. Uh, shame on me. Uh, new lot. I uh, didn't think I was going to really enjoy gardening as much as I've turned into in the last two years. 
I did not really uh, add a lot to the soil. Uh, it's a, a combination of dry uh, clay and just the thin topsoil. I had a beautiful perennial garden, and the only thing that I've been able to do, and I want to know if I could do more, is I've been taking a electric auger bulb planting drill and drilling a six-inch hole around the plants and filling that with compost. I'm wondering if there's anything else that I could broadcast that over time would help break down that uh, clay. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Okay. Not, I mean, any of that stuff that you'd sprinkle or put on the top of the ground is not going to do a darn thing. So you're doing everything that you should be able to. The only other option you have is pulling out the plants that you really like, potting them up, storing them, and then going back in with a couple inches of compost and rototilling it into the ground into your bed space. So in other words, you're kind of backtracking a little bit. Okay, if I did that, would I be doing that in the fall and replanting the perennials in the, the new bed? No, you could do it. You could start, you could pull the plants out now, put them in pots, you know, put them in a protected location, make sure they don't go dry or anything else. Get that soil preparation done and then replant them while it's still fall. Okay. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. I was hoping that there was a lazy man's way, but I guess there is. <laughs> Uh, I, if there was a lazy man's way, I wish I could make it up and uh, you know sell that product. And no, there isn't any. <laughs> All right. Thanks for your help. Sure. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. If you do have any questions or comments, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, folks, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. If you do have iris in your yard, you know, the standard type iris or any kind of iris, you, this is a month, August, to divide them. Now, if you've had fans of the traditional type iris, the flags that didn't have any blooms this year, just throw those fans, those clumps of leaves, root system away because they're never, ever going to do blooming again. I say that every year, and then there's a lady who, I think she lived in the West End, and uh, she said she had some that didn't bloom for eight years, and then they started reblooming. So if you want to wait, the foliage is not horrible. It's just usually we grow certain things for the flowers, and if you're not going to have flowers, then uh, you can always have foliage. Gloria lives in St. Louis. Gloria, how are you today? I'm doing fine. I have two questions. The okay. first one. I planted some zarka grass, and it turned. I kept the water, and it turned all brown. Ooh, that's not good. I, I put some in the backyard, and it's perfect. I planted it, and I put compost up on it, and it's pretty green. So I don't know what if I have to call Alice Tea Service to see what I could do with this front yard. It looked terrible. Everything is brown. And yeah, I know it was hot, and I tried to keep it water, but it was unable. And I. I don't know. It just looks like it's just damaged to me. Yeah, I mean, you could go out there in the areas that are brown. I mean, just uh, you know, kind of give them a tug and see if they actually the root system got established or anything. If it didn't, then it, for sure it's dead. And if it's brown going into you know the dormant season of zoysia, that's not a good sign for sure. You could give Allen's Tree Service a call and have them come out and take a look at it. But uh, mm -hmm. I wouldn't. Ex I mean, it doesn't sound good at all. Well, I'm waiting late fall, and I'm a, probably me and my grandson are going to plant some about. 
Don't you know. do it. Don't do the zoysia in the fall. We're not supposed to do it. You should do it in the springtime because it's headed towards dormancy in the fall. And then consequently, uh-huh. it may not get its root system established. And if we have a severe winter temperature-wise very early, it could kill your zoysia off for sure. So don't get it in as soon as you possibly can. So wait next year? You could wait till next year or you can do it. If you can get it in this month, you should be okay. Then we'll have a couple couple months to get its root system established before any potential cold weather that may cause damage would happen. Okay, I have another question with these knockout roses. Okay. My knockout roses ain't doing nothing. I even bought some new. They just won't bloom. They won't do nothing. I fertilize them. I water them. And, you know, I'm just wondering what's wrong with music. I have them blooming good all year. You know, right, because, so. I mean, I've had three flushes on mine. I'm anticipating another two flushes. Uh, you're fertilizing with rose food? With, you know, miracle okay. growth. And miracle growth for, you know, for roses. And then also, and you're making sure, the, the, how does the foliage look on them? How they do the leaves look? Nice. They look nice. A few will come on, even I bought some new ones. And they ain't really, you know, you get one or two, but they ain't even doing nothing. Yeah, I, my guess is the soil that they're growing in is not all that good. The fertilizing actually helps but it doesn't make it so the environment that they're growing in. So if you get some more or you can pull these up and get it done really quickly, add some compost to the soil where they're going to be planted back in. That's what my thinking is. The soil's just not good enough, even with the fertilizing. So can I put the compost on the ones I already got in the ground? Yeah, you don't put it on top of the ground. You're going to have to mix it in with the soil. I can't put it on the ones already in the ground. Can I put the compost on top? No, that won't do a thing. So what you're trying to do, the soil is probably too compacted, it's too heavy, it's too dense, and the roses are not able to push out any kind of lateral root systems, so consequently they cannot, you know, do any, you know, say, proper growth as far as flowering. So I have to dig them up and put new ones in. Right. Either dig them up and not put, necessarily put new ones in. These could go back in once you prepare the soil. So what, when you dig them up, the new hole that you're going to need to dig is going to have to be three times as big as what the hole that you took them out with. And but see, last time I tried to dig a knockout rose up and, and, and uh, move it, and then it, it it just died the next day. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you got to water them for sure every day for a couple of weeks after you do any kind of okay, transplant. Okay, I'll try those in a couple of spots that I don't like because I got about 15 knockout roses out there. Wow. you got a yes. great a rosarium. I well, I got to <laughs> joy. All right, great. Thanks, Gloria. Thank you. Okay. And now let's go to Larry on the road. Hi, Larry. Hey, Larry, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Hey, um, I'm Rosa Sharon. Can you tell me when's a good time to to move it uh, and, and how I should do it? I've uh, got access to some that I don't have on my place, and I want to dig it up and and uh, and uh, get some starts at my place. So you're going to dig up the whole thing? Is that what you're doing? Yeah. The the lady that has it, they're growing up on her, along her fence line, mm-hmm. and uh she was just going to, she actually asked me if I would spray it with Roundup, and I said, well, I don't do Roundup, <laughs> uh, but I'd be happy to move them for you. Right. So basically, I mean, they're in full bloom right now, so just understand that if you move them, they're going to disrupt the flowering. So I would probably, if you're going to do it, if you wanted to get it done now, ba- what you're going to have to do is probably cut about uh, maybe half of them off then the root ball has got to go out several inches from all the twigs that are coming up out of the ground. And it's got to go down at least one spade deep. 
and you got to have, you know, the day before you're going to dig it up, make sure they're really well watered so that root ball will stay together and all the soil won't fall off and then expose the root systems. Then put them in a, you know, on a bag, a burlap bag, a big pot or whatever you can find to, you know, move them with. And then new location, three times the diameter of the root ball, full sun, and add some compost to the, you know, to the soil where you're going to replant them. Okay. That sounds good. I don't, actually, these aren't blooming. These are just like starts. Oh, so they're small. Yeah, they're real small. Okay. So then if they're not blooming, then you don't have to worry about it. Just get them up and, you know, I, you might even try, you know, I don't know how much of a root system, but at least try to get some of the root system water at the night before and see if you can get some root system with it. Okay. And if they're that. small, just put them in plastic bags. Don't leave them in the plastic bag for, you know, more than a couple hours because you can get some fungus growth on the root systems. Well, let me ask you, would, if, if I wait till towards end of September, is that too late? Uh, it's hard to say because, you know, this, since there's starts, they don't have a really well-established root system. The ground still should be warm enough that it should be able to push out some new growth and get acclimated before winter comes. But, I mean, if, as soon as you could get it done, the better. But if you have to wait, then, you know, just give it a try. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, because, I mean, this is a, more an ideal time to plant. You know, fall is always better than springtime. Fall, why? Because the ground's warm, the root systems of the plants advance, they get established, and then the plants get to go to sleep for wintertime. That's the great circumstance. Planting in the spring, the ground is cold, then they're facing our summertime, and summer is really a real, real tough time for plant material. So let's go to uh, Joanne, and Joanne is in St. Charles. Hi, Joanne. Hi. 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 we, uh, I grow bananas and plants in the summertime, mm-hmm. and and this year I started out with you know one in each pot, and now there's like four or five, right. you know, because of the babies. What, what is there a best time to separate them, and how do you do it? Because I've never been good at that. I kind of look <laughs> at it and go. Well, do you, you know, want to do it just time. for the sake of doing it, or do you want to do it for some other reason? Well, because sometimes people ask me for one of the the babies, oh. and and you know. So I, I don't know how, to, how you separate them, or and also because you have too many bananas growing in one pot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, when you dig it up, are they in pots or are they in the ground? In, in pots. Okay, so b- pull them out of the pot and just shake some of the potting mix away so you can actually see where the baby's coming off the stem of the mother or father, whatever you want to call it, uh-huh. and then just make a nice, smooth cut right where that intersection is. Then let the, the banana, and watch out, banana sap stains clothes like unbelievable. So just watch oh, okay. out, you know, for, yes, very much so. So, you know, I learned that, from, you know, working in the Climatron at the Botanical Garden. We'd prune the banana leaves off, and, you know, we'd have to do it before people came in because we didn't want it dripping onto any of the visitors. Okay. And we, you know, I'd have it drip on my clothes and our uniforms and all that other stuff. But anyway, then that, you know, the baby that you cut off, let that end heal, dry, and then just stick mm-hmm. it down into potting mix, not potting soil, for starting plants. And that's about all you need to do. Okay, is there a best time to do that? Or? Uh, it doesn't really matter because, you know, you're going to bring them inside anyway, and I'm assuming right. you grow them inside as with leaves or you just chop them off? I just chop them off and, okay. and take off the leaves and, you know. Yeah, so if you do that, that's fine. But the new ones, 
I would probably just you know try to get them done in the fall. That way, next spring or if somebody asks, you'll have them ready. But don't the ones that you're the ones that you're cutting off and dividing. You want to make sure that you don't cut those leaves off and put them in a sunny location so they can grow through the winter time. Okay. All righty. Thanks very much. Certainly. And yeah, bananas again for <laughs> anybody. That sap stains like unbelievable. So just be very very cautious of that. As you head out to your favorite garden center, this is a time of year where pansies should start showing up real soon. And if you buy mums that are budded or showing color, just realize that you're only going to get a couple weeks of color slash flowers out of those mums. So if you're looking for something for Labor Day or something like that, you may the flowers may be already finished by the time Labor Day rolls around. So just be conscious of that. So all kinds of other stuff going on in the outdoors. Take a look around your yard, and then you can give us a call after the news, which is coming up in just a few minutes. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.